0: I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with a good friend of mine, Mark Gutman from Wild Story. Mark's company is a strategic brand, story, and content studio that helps the world see what their clients see. He's passionate about helping visionary companies stand out from the crowd and harness their most valuable, ownable asset, their story. He's worked with companies like Thor Industries, El Cap, Planet Granite, Earth Treks, Inboard, Outward Bound School, and First Descent's. Mark is also the host of the Baby Got Backstory podcast, which we will link out to in our show notes if you want to find out more information on that. Mark, welcome to the program. Brent, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. And this is your second time on our show. Last time we kind of covered your backstory as a as an agency owner with with your background in Hollywood and uh, the work you did with Oliver Stone. Uh, and today I'd like to talk a little bit more about your your agency evolution and the journey that you've been on with Wild Story. So maybe just paint us a little bit of a picture of what Wild Story is today. Yeah. Well, before we do that, as a two time guest, is there like a blazer or
1: a jacket that you get when you uh, come on as a second time, or is that like third time guest gets
0: the, gets the jacket. <laughs> second time guest gets a gets a fist pump the next time I see you so that's that's basically the level I mean I mean maybe like sixth guest uh, appearance we will give you a blazer but uh, so far nobody's achieved that um, so we'll do a fist bump next time I see you okay okay uh, like my, one of my favorite all-time Saturday Night Live skits is when they have the seven time
1: club so if you haven't seen that go check that out but it's for anyone that's hosted seven times and they have a secret society of the 7 time club so someday I'll be in the 7 time digital agency show club
0: 7 I like the number 7 better than 6 anyways so we will definitely think of that I've got a couple of people on the sh- on the program that I think have done 3 uh, but seven uh hopefully our uh, our listeners will be up for that but uh but yeah so welcome back and um and so let's talk about about wild story so what what is what is the agency today i know you've been through some some transitions uh, stages and so we'll talk a little, a little bit about that today but uh what's what's the agency look like today yeah, perfect. I'll stop evading the question. So, you know, Wildster is uh we, we help purpose-driven
1: brands, anything from funded startups, uh, mid-sized companies, enterprise. Uh, they're typically in the lifestyle, tech, outdoor, a lot of times in the apparel space, environment, uh, create, design, and live their brand stories. So uh, to the outside world, we're a brand strategy shop. Uh, and we also do some implementation and execution. And I'll talk a bit about that because and how we got to that. Um, you know, as we kind of go through the, the evolution of, of the company, which is really interesting. And you've known me for quite a while. And, you know, I had another business. And so I've been an entrepreneur and. That business was doing great and we can talk about that. you know, I, I had a different relationship with that business and learned a lot of different things. But one thing I'd always felt I came from a creative background. I had worked in the movies. I had told stories. I was informally helping people, uh, tell their stories in their business because people would say, Hey, you know, you worked in, in the movie business or you worked for a director and can you help me with my story? I was like, sure. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I'd help them and we'd like, uh, Commiserate and we collaborate, and they all seemed to be really happy. But I really didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't really know what problems I was solving. And, and, but what I did know is that I really wanted to get back to doing work that fulfilled me and what I was meant to do. And, um, I was just listening to the Stephen Pressfield uh, War of Art, (laughs) the, uh, like yesterday, and, and the line that really resonated with me was like, Hey, you're put here to do something, so you need to do it. And I really believe I was put here to tell stories. And I just didn't know. Which ones, and I didn't really know how to do that, and so the uh, you know we we have a mutual friend who's also appeared on your podcast, uh, Stephanie Jones, and we were talking, and she's like, you know what, you would be perfect for PR, and that was the uh, light, literally a life preserver that I needed to to uh, latch onto, and I was like, all right, that sounds great, like that makes sense, that's at least a way to exchange money for what I like to do, and so. While I had my other business, while at a full-time job as a CEO of a company that was uh, doing almost $2 million at the time, I started moonlighting and I took on clients and she started teaching me PR. And, and it was something I could do. It, I, I got it. I understood it. Like It was really easy to wrap my, my brain around it. She gave me some clients. They were typically in the lifestyle space and, and away I went. And I learned a ton. And uh, the the idea was always for me to go out and uh, hang my own shingle. Uh, some other names I would considered for this business. One of them was Lazy Poet, which I still <laughs> love. Uh, I think the the one my other one I still own the domain was Jazz Hands Media, which uh, I I loved as well. But uh, I hung my own shingle and I started going out and you know I quickly started getting clients and started quickly quickly doing the work. But I kind of found myself in the same place that I was prior to scratching the creative itch I was, I was i was unhappy i wasn't enjoying the work and i really didn't like pr and there's nothing against pr because it, it's it's a great tool it, it has its place i think you know there were a lot of things that lessons i learned like by just you know I was hungry i was taking any client and someone who came to me and said hey i need pr i quickly would say yes i can do that and i would try to figure it out even though like they really had nothing to talk about right towards the end of that run uh, after a year and a half or so You know, I was, I decided I was going to wind it down, but I I spent more time talking people out of working with me than working with me. I would, I would, I would let them know that, you know, to, to do a a traditional PR strategy, you have to have a really strong tummy. You know, you got to be okay with nothing happening. You got to be okay with little hits and really, you know, PR is at its best when you have something to say or you have a launch or you have a project, but when you're just a company and you're like, I want PR, you can do that yourself. And I know that, you know, in your program, you teach a lot of how to do that and get your own quote unquote PR. And that is more than enough for most people. So yeah, yeah I just, I just wasn't loving it. And so I, again, I, I didn't even know it's, it's so, it, it delights me to think that like literally yesterday <laughs> I had this reconnection with, with the press field line about like knowing why you were put here because chasing that calling, chasing that thing I was meant to do has been a little bit of a a haunting thing for me. Like, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Those types of questions. And looking back, I knew I I knew what I was supposed to do, but it wasn't PR. And so I was out there and I started speaking a lot and talking about story and telling people that that I was I would help them with their story. But that that period was met with a lot of confusion, you know, and um and I didn't know why. It was a lot of conflict and, and, and um struggle within my business and getting new customers and I'd be out and people would ask me, what do we do and who do we work with? You know, questions that um, I know you really work with your community to to get really crystal clear on because once you have those answers, things get a lot easier. And yeah. so, you know, when you say to somebody and I was telling everyone, hey, I, I work on story. I work on story. I help people with their story. And and what made matters worse is story is getting kind of popular now. You know, everyone's talking about story and we'll talk about why that is, but when 10 different people come to me and say, can you help me with my story? They literally have 10 different ideas of what that means, 10 different disciplines, 10 different ways to solve that problem in, 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 in more than 10 different problems, right? Because it's an actually like
0: a different discipline, right? Yeah. Like can, sometimes can, can you give they mean, me an example of, of what you mean by discipline? Yeah,
1: like even like, like when I'm thinking of discipline, I'm thinking of like some people mean PR, right? Some people mean getting on stages and speaking and telling that story. Some people mean brand and brand story. Some people mean marketing. Some people don't even know what they mean. They just are hearing story. They think copywriting or something to that nature, right? Like they don't really clearly understand what they need. And that was creating a lot of confusion and frustration for me. And, uh, you know, just a lot of wasted energy. And, you know, uh, another book that I'm actually rereading right now, which is one of my favorites, uh, called Made to Stick. You, do, you, do you know that book? Uh, I've heard of it, but I've not read it. All right. It's Chip Heath it, by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Uh, I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's also a good listen in the car or a good read. And, and I'll give you one of the big takeaways right now. And, it, and it, they, they talk a lot about this idea of what they refer to as a schema. And a schema is, you know, the way our brains understand and and categorize things. And so if I tell you right now to think of a horse. Yes. Right? Yeah. I wanted to give you a moment to Uh, think about it. Our
0: listeners are like, a horse, which of course, anyways.
1: uh. Yeah, a horse. But, um, you know, we're probably most likely thinking all of us, of some idealized version of a horse, right? Like some classic version of a horse. Whereas there's there's thousands upon thousands of variations of a horse. There's sick horses, there's old horses, there's three-legged horses, there's beautiful horses, there's Arabian horses. But once we just say horse, we all can understand that really, really clearly. Like we are like, okay, horse, move on. I don't really need to know more, right? Unless... The stories about a horse, or what you want to tell me about a specific about a horse, and and where that's relevant is you know people kept asking me what I did and and what I was doing, and I went through some soul searching, and you know I, I went back and started looking, and and people say, well, you're a brand guy, or you're a marketing guy, or you're this guy. And I was so resistant to being categorized. And I think that probably a lot of people out there listening are nodding their head and saying me too, because no one likes to be put in a box, right? You can't put baby in a corner. No one likes to be in a box. And no one likes to be easily pigeonholed or like made like we all think we're special, right? And no one wants to be told, hey, you're just like every other person. By the way, when you say, hey, Mark, you're kind of a brand guy, I look around and there's a lot of brand guys. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh no. Like I'm just like all these <laughs> other brand guys, you know? So I, I looked back, I looked at all the, uh, the, the things I love to do, the, the, the best client outcomes, where I was having success, where my zone of genius was, where I was really having uplift in my business. And I just looked in the mirror and I was like, Mark, you're a brand guy. Mm. And, uh, it That was like, it, it's easy to say now, like that was a hard one to take. That was a hard one for me to swallow that I was just a brand guy. And at the time being just a brand guy was like a little bit of a a, a punch in the gut. Now, if you could see me, I'm like smiling. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm just so, a brand guy. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> which there's that word just, uh, which yeah, yeah, is... But I, I say that, and I, yeah. And I say that tongue in cheek, of course, right? But what's like, so you... I think what's fascinating about your evolution with your agency is is in kind of finding you know kind of finding your way through the dark a, a little bit, right? Maybe you had a, a small like you had a, a candle light that you were like taking your taking through this. But fi- some, a lot of people I think or a lot of our listeners right now probably relate whether it's that they're struggling to find their market. Uh, and, and they don't know like, kind of what their niche is, or maybe they have all of these service offerings that they could offer, uh, or maybe they lack that unique perspective. Like you've got this unique perspective of story for branding, kind of like what Blair ends talks, talks about having a, a perspective and having a discipline. Like your perspective is story, your discipline is brand. Hundred percent. But a yep, lot of that, people yep. are are even if they understand that concept, like theoretically, struggle. With that, I mean, what were some of, I don't know if there was any specific examples of where that kind of came to pass with you? I mean, you mentioned the PR thing of having clients that you literally kind of didn't really necessarily enjoy the work or you weren't really excited about it. But, you know, how how did you know, you were getting opportunities, like what what are some of the specific things that happened to you while you were kind of struggling through this, right? Because I mean, I like that you now are a brand guy, you have confidence in that. But, you know, I think for a lot of our listeners, they're maybe not yet at that finish line. It's nice to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. But what are some of those things that are relatable that happened to you while you were figuring this out? Uh, Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I was bumping around, right? Like, I mean, I was taking
1: anything that I could. I was... I had this thing that I was calling the story platform that was really a complicated version of what I'm doing today and a real kind of complicated version of a brand platform and so I was going out and telling people hey I could tell their story but I I, I didn't really know like like sometimes it would be the marketing person sometimes it would be the um uh, a CEO, sometimes be a founder sometimes like like p- people from HR were calling me in and so I was just taking any work I could and trying to make it work but I, I was like frustrated because it just felt like all over the place. every engagement was different. and I think you know really what broke it out for me were um, or broke it open for me were just a couple tentpole clients and they weren't like they weren't huge revenue wise. But what they did is, is what they, what they didn't give me in dollars, they gave me in trust and confidence. Right. And so they kept coming back to me and asking me for things. And I also, I think one of the big learnings I had along the the way was that like I I was really focused on me, you know, and I was really focused on what is my passion? What do I want to do? And while I think that that's really good, I've really changed that perspective a bit you know I have a couple things that I think are you know there's all these um I think it's what is it I- I- IKG or all these like different code Venn circles where you can find your thing right you know I think it's for me a little simpler than that it was like what's your purpose kind of like what are you meant to do also what do you like doing but like where can you make money and where can what problems can you solve that are relevant and for me it was a little bit i've been i've been accused of having peter pan syndrome uh, as of recently as monday uh today's thursday but uh, but uh you know for me it was like really kind of swallowing that pill and saying okay even in best case scenario I'm going to have to fit into a schema. I'm going to have to be like everybody else. And by being like everyone else, I can be unique and different. Right. But like it was a really hard thing to accept. And, you know, looking at where can I make money? What will people pay me for? And a great example is you mentioned my podcast. That's probably something personally, like creatively, that gives me more joy than almost anything. I love it. And I tell people all the time, if I could just do that for a living, I would. But that's something that I've actually put on. Not, not, not on pause, but like on hold a little. I guess, I guess it is on hold a little bit. <laughs> I was bit. like,
0: pause on <laughs> no, hold.
1: Like. Yeah, not, not on pause, <laughs> just on hold. So, hey, like, you know, I'm not accepting that it's on pause. It's just on hold, everybody. Um, the, because, um, I have to look at these things like, Hey, you know, the purpose, you know, where can I make money? Where can I make the biggest impact? And what, where am I solving problems? And right now, the problem I'm solving with podcasting is primarily for myself. So. I think a little bit, it's just taking the hard look and, and, and throughout that process. And, you know, it sounds really easy now, but you're right. It was, it was a little bit of a dark night of the soul. And there's a lot of, um, journaling, a lot of looking at it, a lot of testing, a lot of trying things. I also had to get over a total complex of wanting things to be perfect and just iterating. I'm not one of those people that throws things against the wall and says, Hey, does that work? And sorry, client, it didn't work or whatever, you know, and. I really admire a lot of people that can do that because Mm -hmm. I never could. And, you know, it was about I never worked. So I had a lot of self-doubts as well. And you know, you know, I've talked about this, but I never worked at an agency. I never like learned that. I mean, I can tell you so easily how to run a production company in a movie business, only having worked there a little bit, right? Like I was there, I saw it, I lived it every day, I know. How someone walks down the hall and hands something, I know how information flows, I know the relationships i through osmosis, I got the tree all that from an agency world, I'm kind of learning the hard way, right, and so fortunately, I have support like you and friends and people that I lean on, but even then, I feel like you know looking back, i mean I think I think this is common for a lot of people, like I was my biggest conflict. I was in the way roadblock, right? I was the bottleneck because I was trying to figure it out and have a comfort level. So I could go stand in front of clients and say, Hey, this is who I am. And I can accurately solve the problem that you're having.
0: Yeah. I I think it's, I mean, it's interesting that you're, you know, I mean, this, this, this saying of, uh, constraints create freedom, especially when it comes to creativity. And and you were lacking. It sounds like you were either just didn't have the right constraint, whether that was PR, or maybe you were a marketing company, and then ultimately you've fallen uh, into the 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 focusing on being a branding company with a story being kind of your unique angle. And and what I think is so cool about that is that is is the freedom that that constraint can have. Now ultimately. When you choose something like that, there are, you're going to have competitors, especially if it's a legit market, right? I mean, even, even niching is a constraint. And once you choose a niche, one of the most difficult things to get over is, oh my gosh, there's other people doing this. Like I'm going to need to be good, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I'm not going to, I can't just be everybody else. I have to actually be, you know, if I'm going to go do branding I better be better than everybody else, or at least better than other people in my like subset or like in my region or in my community or whatever. But I do think that that there's a lot of freedom that comes from that and and clarity. Do you feel like since you've become just a brander that you've started (laughs) to see some benefits by applying a tighter constraint to your uh, business and your strategy? 100%. Hundred percent. I mean, and and I'll get into detail on that, but I mean, I, I think
1: that that is such a good point. I mean, for part of that journey, and you know, and, and when we're talking about this journey from PR to where we are now, I mean, that it, it was that that there's probably like three to four years of time in there, right? So there is a bit of time. You know, I had the luxury of another business that was generating revenue, and so that removed a constraint that like I look back at and it you know it allowed me to be experimental and check things out but, but which is a good thing but also a negative where I didn't really have uh you know the, the the fire uh you know put to me to to really make some hard decisions and to to expedite my my process and my journey and since then you know I I've sold that business I was in the process of it. And when you know that revenue is going away and you know you have some constraints coming, all of a sudden you're like, I'm a brander, right? Like uh, It's really amazing how that happens. And so, you know, specifically, and what I was talking about uh, earlier in the episode when I was talking about this idea of story and, and people didn't understand who I was and, and all these things. Well, once I said, hey, I'm a brander and, and this is what we do and these are the problems we solve. And I was really clear on it. It was amazing, right? It's like the alchemist. It's like the world conspiring to, to help you. And, and, and as soon as I tell people who I work with and, and, and that I work with purpose driven brands and we're a brander and, you know, uh, in, in either, hey, what kind of, and all the time, like I'm in a party, right? And they're like, well, what kind of companies? I'm like, you just tell them the company name and they start to put you in their own schema and their own category. Like, oh, like you work with, you know, Large enterprise manufacturing uh, companies that, that, that work on RVs. Hmm. My brother in law is like so and so, right? Or I know somebody or, or like it's our nature. They want to help you, whether that's at a cocktail party or in business or at a coffee meeting. And so, uh, from there, things have just started happening. And I don't, I'm not coming on the show to say like, Hey, I've got this agency that's like crushing and, and, uh, you know, it's on autopilot. Anything you know? Far from it. I'm in growth mode. I've I've got to get out of the way of my own self. Like I love to do strategy and help people with their you know their brand and their story and their essence. But like all the other stuff, probably not my strong suit. And you know I'm making strides to work on that. But like like it's been this like almost like angelic light, like oh right, where <laughs> things are just started. So it's funny, right? Even when things are clicking, even things are really good. They're still really hard. Everybody, right? So I'm not. I I never want to give the impression that like I've got this all figured out. If you want to, like I've mentioned this before, but if you want to see my fake life, if you want to see like how awesome the fake side of me is, go check me out at at Mark Gutman on Instagram. Like that's where I post everything that's only good. And uh, but you know I'm not telling you how hard it is to be a business owner or to go get new business. And Brent, you know we talk about this all the time. But what I am saying is that once I got clear, once I was able to. Put myself in a category. Once I was able to be clear on who I wanted to serve, and and even I, I'm not that clear. I'm not like super niche driven, right? Like I say, I help purpose driven brands. I, I know that I help the you know the well funded startups. I, I I like helping people in the midsize and enterprise, and the way I help them are all different at every stage of of growth. And then I really like you know this this space of lifestyle. I've helped people with tech. Outdoor, you know, things that deal with the environment, things that are very Colorado. I like to say, but that's not like a real super specific niche. But even then, that has helped tremendously, right? And I know who I serve. I work with CEOs and CMOS because you know one of my favorite sayings is or questions to answer when I ask uh, who owns branding. It's always the CEO, right? So we want to talk to them and, and, and yeah, uh, try, try to try to do that. But once you get clear on that, things have been really really
0: good and just really looking forward to what comes next. I feel like that choice, you know, and we talk about this a lot on our show about whether it's market or whether it's your your core service offering or your core offering, that choice is is difficult to make and there's there's a lot of fear around that. If if there's a lot of fear around just being a brander or just working with a specific niche, but I feel like once you once you do get over that I think things get pretty exciting just because now you have at least that and we've used this word uh several times this episode of clarity right like you you're 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 not having to like you know, every time somebody says hey mark what do you do you're not like well uh, like you're kind of coming up with it on the spot versus having that confident answer that's pretty much 96% the same like instead of instead of using your energy to just like come up with something right then it's more of a you know, it's, it's a little bit more of a, a you know, you, you get to play, you know, press play on the, on the, the, you know, the, uh, the sound bite, right? And it's less think work, which means you can put your thinking into other things. Like, how do I get, an, like, how do I get more people? to hear me say that, right? How do I get in front of more audiences to tell them about how we help purpose-driven brands, you know, tell their story more effectively, right? Um, Which I think is a more interesting problem to solve than what the heck do we do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also think it's like, you know, this idea that it's really, you know, it's not just, you know, your niche, but it's also like your core offering, you know? And I think that, you know, having this ability to say, um no right and to say that you're not a fit or telling people that they have to go fit into your um niche or core offering and I'll give you an example like recently you know it, it, i bet you there's a lot of people on your show that are going to resonate with what I'm about to say which is like i love my stuff right like i love story i love nerding out about it i love branding i love tools i love exercises i love workshops i love the way that we get down to it like none of my clients do right? They just, they, they love what that, they love what that, that output. They love what that gets them. They love the problem that's solved because of that stuff, but they don't love it the way I do. And I think, you know, sometimes like I get so wrapped around it and so, and, and so just Enthusiastic and a little bit myopic about these things and what's the right tool. And, you know, just recently. So, what I'll do is, like, you know, someone will say, Well, what are you doing? I'm kind of like, Well, what branding problem do you have? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and because I got tools, I got all these things, uh, versus what, what, you know, a big change we've made lately is saying, Hey, like, really, everyone kind of comes through the front door the same way. Everyone goes through our brand strategy process. Even if you think you have it, you know, it's not ours. Uh, we want to take you through it, and even if we don't take you through that whole process, we want to right size. If you've, like, for example, have just done brand work, we want to we want you to un, you know go through a bit of it and understand where you're at, and we can all have a common you know pla- you know platform, foundation, nomenclature to move forward to fix a lot of your other problems. You know, because people a lot of times will come to us and say, like, hey, like I don't know what to say. I have a of a messaging problem. I have a story problem, and you know, I I want to change my name. I want to I, I have a A a visual problem. And we don't, you know, it's a thing that I like to say a lot is we don't work with anyone that just needs a dot, dot, dot. And so what that means is like, if you just come to me and say, hey, I just need a logo, uh, we're probably not a good fit. I send more people to 99 Designs than most of their banner ads. (laughs) But, uh, Because a lot of people, that's all they need, right? And that's fine. And that's a great place to go. And I'm like, hey, don't go use some fancy designer that's, you know, if you're not going to give them the right information, if you're not going to inform them with all the strategic information and strategic work, just go, you know, kick out a a logo and then you'll be ready for that, you know, kind of bigger process down the line. And so, you know, it being really important to funnel people, you know, and that's a big decision we made that was like, hey, like everyone's going to come through that instead of jumping to say like, oh, you have a visual identity or, oh, hey, we're just going to do a workshop you know, around archetypes or, hey, we're just going to work on uh, your narrative, your personality. We kind of step everyone back and work them through there. And that's been something that's been a great boon to, to moving people through the process and, 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 and having a process and right-sizing it and keeping control and keeping consistency yeah. so that we all have really positive outcomes.
0: I, I almost just, even in, in hearing you walk through that process, uh, I just come back to that word of constraints. Of that, you're saying to your clients uh, or prospective clients that you know you you have a, a not only you have this like perspective in the marketplace, but you have a process that you take people through to get the desired result, i.e., solve a bunch of these other brand problems through your methodology, and by staying committed to that and we're being okay saying no. Like I I was on a call with uh, with one of my clients and it was really interesting because they said, well, what do you do when somebody calls you and tells you that they, you know, they 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 need your help to do all these different things that you can do, which are kind of in, in your core offer. And then they tell you that they need help with stuff that are services you could do, but they're not really your core thing. And you know that, you know, you know it's gonna be kind of a pain, but it's gonna help you serve that client and make more money. Like what do you do in that situation? You know, like I I feel like I have to do that other stuff. <laughs> I was like well, or you could just say no. We don't do this other stuff over here. Uh, you'd have to go find somebody else, or we can help you find a different partner for that kind of work. You know, and and it just seemed like they were stuck in disbelief that you actually can tell a client no, or you can tell them to go someplace else. And I think there's a fear there, just like we talked about, a fear in making a decision to commit to your core. Thing there's also a fear that if you send them away that they're never going to come back right or that they're never going to hire you to do your core thing. I mean, do you find that 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 happens or does it really matter? I mean, that's a great point. And I'll
1: whoever that person was, I commiserate. Right? Like, it's scary. <laughs> like like and and I and I kind of see it. Like as you were talking, it's like this like breathing orb, right? You know, and you kind of expand out. And Then you're like, "Oh no, what am I doing And you contract, and then you you know and you kind of like right size the business to what you can do well and I think that that's one thing, and that's just one indicator for me that's how I know I'm over expanding when things just start not going well, and um, <laughs> like when we don't do a good job or or we don't you know do levels of work that that I believe are are appropriate, but I mean also you know there's reasons to expand right and so for example um, with with me with doing the brand platform work that was really project based it was one time hit it's like you get your brand platform like i wasn't doing any design i wasn't doing any messaging i wasn't i was just like here's your 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 brand story platform here's your narrative you can hand this off to your copywriter you can hand this off to your your uh, your graphic designer you know go run with it and that was you know Kind of back to like, you gotta still make money. That was like my perfect life, but it's, that that was a hard, that's a hard (laughs) one to, that's a hard one to always do, at least I'm finding. And so, you know, I was able to, what, what I'm trying to do is expand out and cause clients are always asking, Hey, so what's next? Or what can you help us with? Or can you help us with our visual identity? And so going ahead and doing that and expanding that and doing that for our clients, A was a great, you know, revenue driver. But it also allows me to stay in that strategy seat and hire people that can do some of these other services. And a little bit of it is just looking at like, you know, where, where are you kind of, you know, out kicking your coverage? Were you getting outside your zone? Because I think in all these creative agencies, right? Like you could start creeping into the next one and then like before you know it, like, I mean, it's not that far to go from. You know, branding to to full on marketing, lead gen, paid paid media. I could do UI UX. I could you know I could do creative, different kinds of advertising, right? And so I think a lot of that too is just kind of having a sense of where are you going to draw the line. You know, people ask like, do you still do PR? We don't. We know how to do it. Could do it really well. I mean, know how to do it, but and and can advise people on it. But in that instance, we don't we don't even we were like, hey, we got great partners. We uh, we can refer you to someone. Be happy to do that. We have some experience with people, and and, and leave it at that. Um, that's not even something I want to be involved with. So it's just looking at where you think you can be great, and also not getting too big. You know, and back to that image, or you know, the expanding orb or blob coming back in, and you know, you know hopefully, you know, we'll 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 push out a little bit, and then we realize, hey, like, how do we how do we contract back in, and you know, getting uh, doing less but being better and you know I know that's something you and I had talked about the other day.
0: Yeah. Well Mark this has been uh, I always love the the updates. I love I love hearing from from people a couple of times uh on our show and con- continue to track your progress. I think what you've done in the last year with Wild Story has been amazing. I know you actually have gone through a rebrand. I want to make sure that our visitors check that out. We'll link out to your website and and show that just that transition that you've made. I think is really cool. So this has been a fascinating story, and I'm sure we'll continue to check in on your story. Are you ready for our lightning round? Oh, am I ever! And by the way, on the rebrand, I think there's a really there's a one of our case studies is of
1: ourselves, and I and I talk about why we rebranded, and a lot of those reasons are why our clients also come to us. I mean, we're our own best client, and you know, primarily being misunderstood. People didn't know who we were in the marketplace. They thought we still did PR, all these things. So go ahead and check that out. And if any of that resonates, um, you know, go ahead and let me know.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we're going to compare these answers against your first uh, time on the show for sure. Oh, no. (laughs) What is the best advice you've ever received? Mm, You can
1: tell a lot about a person by the shoes they wear and the bag that they carry. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? <laughs> uh, I think my desire for adventure, so the the ability just to to jump in, to go climb the hill, to have a little bit of false optimism, right? Like true adventure, you're usually like, why did I do this? Uh, on the other side of the mountain, and and I think really that sense for adventure and, and, and plunging forward has is, is really done me well, and and I'll cling to that for a while.
0: Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable?
1: Hmm. That's such an interesting question. I'm always kind of bouncing around right now. I have an aura ring, uh, that is tracking my sleep. And so I'm very fascinated by my sleep. I don't, Really fully understand how to use it, uh, but I'm I'm looking at it and, and really seeing the correlation between my REM sleep and and my my mood uh, of how I'm feeling during the day. And you know, if that's not a good one, you know, I'm really in love right now with my iPad and my Apple Pencil and using Procreate, which is just this amazing for twenty dollars, like a complete art studio in your pocket. And I think that's pretty cool. And what book would you recommend, and why? MM: So you know me. I've got a studio here. I'm looking around full of books, and I, I probably mentioned it on the previous show. Uh, the book that's had the most uh, impact uh, on me and has blown my mind is a book called "Sapiens" by Yuval, Uh I can never see. You've all know Harari, uh, and then you know two books that I'm re-listening really to, and I mentioned on the show that I think are awesome, and I think uh, people should really check out. Uh, the first is Made to Stick by Chip Heath and Dan Heath, and uh, that's all about how do you get ideas to to really gain resonance and stick. And this idea of schema uh, was really had an impression on me. And then The War of Art, because I think that as as creators, everyone listening to the show, we all go through these uh, moments of resistance. We all need to be reminded how to, to work through it, why we're here. And for me, the, it's almost like this re-listening. Like, I, you know, I, I listen to that maybe once every two years and I, I'm like, and it's it's super fresh depending on wherever I am in my journey. And so I love that book.
0: Awesome. Well, we will link out to those book recommendations, Sapiens, Made to Stick, War of Art, and any other ones that you mentioned during this show as well as the, uh, I think is it Aura Ring? Mm. Or the Sleep. We'll link out to all that good stuff on our... Uh, show notes page you forward slash podcast so if you're on a run or in your car just check out our website and click on mark's episode and you'll find those uh, links as well as takeaways from this episode mark how can our audience find out more about you is there anything that you have that they can check out yeah. So it's, I
1: love to say that, uh, if you can't get a hold of me, then I don't want to talk to you because there's basically no way you can't get a hold of me. I am at Mark Gutman at M-A-R-C-G-U-T-M-A-N on all social media channels and just shoot me an email at mark at I'd love to, you know, if anyone has any interest around this topic, would like to talk about, you know, what working with me or our team looks like, uh, go ahead and shoot me a note. I uh, just mentioned that you heard uh, me speak on the digital agency show with Brent Weaver, and we'll make sure to you know not only prioritize you with a uh, a strategy call, but also um, you know give you a good digital agency show discount on any services and fees.
0: Well, that's quite generous. So I appreciate you hooking up our listeners with that, and um, yeah, we'll uh, link out to your social channels. I'm interested. I haven't actually been looking at your Instagram stuff lately, so now I want to go on there and and see what all the the your your humble bragging is about. And I know I know a lot about your adventures. So I'm sure there's some good stuff on there, so we'll check that out as well as link to that on our show notes as well as uh, link out to Wild Story and all that good stuff. So check that out. Yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Mark, thanks again for stopping by the program again. Thanks, Brent. It was a pleasure. Always love being here and uh, best to you and all your listeners. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in, or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Bye.